the Kyler Murray disrespect from the national media rears its ugly head again. You are locked on Cardinals. Your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Cardinals, Alex Clancy here. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Thank you for making the Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So uh, Will Brinson from CBS Sports came out with this quarterback tier uh, graphic yesterday after I you know, posted yesterday's podcast. And it's <laughs> laughable in spots. Uh, I'm excited to talk about it. Um, Monty Ford by the same entity, CBS Sports, was lauded uh, for his offseason moves. Putting Cardinals ranked 12th in offseason moves, uh, you know, since the end of the 2022 season. And there's a reason behind that. I think if it was predominantly just the draft, the Cardinals would be exponentially higher. But with their, you know, dormancy in free agency, it allowed them to drop a couple spots in this uh, in this list. And now we are seeing the beginning. We're walking into the foyer of list season, where a lot of the shows that I'm going to be doing over the next handful of weeks before training camp is going to be talking about a list that some respected national media member made and how it pertains to the Cardinals. And this tiered system is kind of a joke with Kyler Murray. So if you haven't seen this graphic, uh, there are seven tiers of quarterback. Okay. So top tier is Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and Josh Allen. No real surprise there. Uh, But like tier four, Jared Goff, Dak Prescott, Geno Smith, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, Tier Five, Davis or uh, Mac Jones, Kenny Pickett, and Brock Purdy, who started what five games, six games uh, last season, and then Kyler Murray is in Tier Six with Sam Howell, Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield, and Desmond Ritter. Excuse me? Like, I'm all for the debate on if Kyler Murray's the guy or not. Like, I'll have that conversation. I think he is. But I'll have the conversation because it's a warranted conversation to have because there's a lot of ins and outs and and ups and downs like the Cardinals have been from 2019 through now. But grouping him in with those quarterbacks, with Ryan Tannehill above him, with Geno Smith above him, who had one good year, I don't, I don't really understand it. And it's easy to forget what happened when the Cardinals started 10 and two in 2021. And this isn't like an uncle Rico situation where it's like, you know, back in 82, I could throw a, a football quarter mile. Like, you know, if only coach only would have put me back in the game, that's not this. Okay. 2021, the Cardinals were the talk of the town. Okay. And that was a year and some change removed from where we are now, probably whatever. 18 months and the the crazy part about it is week two of last season against the rams people forget very quickly kyler murray put the arizona cardinals on their back and got an unbelievably 
a special win in overtime against the Raiders. Sure, it helped with two fumbles by Hunter Renfro back-to-back, the last of which got taken back to the house for the for the clinching score. Kyler Murray did that. And, but it's easy to just kind of forget because, you know, he tore his ACL and then it's been a long offseason and he just got his contract and Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kahn got fired, blah, 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 blah. What Kyler Murray has shown through four years is enough, and as if you're an everydayer, you know this phrase that I use, and if not, welcome. He's shown enough oh-my-God moments that would warrant a much higher grade than tier six out of seven with some crap box quarterbacks ahead of him. And while this isn't the perfect situation, coming off injury, new regime, Caleb Williams and Drake May staring them in the face in 2024 on a shortened season, Mike, it's not ideal. I've equated it to Hollywood Brown and DeAndre Hopkins playing meaningful snaps together last year where it could just be two people, two cars driving past each other and just never really landing in the same parking lot for you know lack of a better analogy. But Kyler Murray deserves a little bit more than what Will Brinson of CBS Sports gave him. And, you know, for the people who don't think Kyler Murray is a good quarterback, I look at how much bad quarterback play there is. I said this when there were things swirling. Like, I said this and I believed it, okay? One thing about me, you may not necessarily agree with what I say. I believe everything that I say. I don't do clickbait. I think it's a bunch of hooey. I tweeted out right when Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime got their contract extension, you know, two off seasons ago or last off season, I tweeted out Kyler Murray should demand a trade today. And the interesting part about it is like, there were like little rumblings about, you know, potential trade for Kyler Murray before he signed that contract extension and 15 teams would have lined up to trade for him. It's all you really need to know about how good a quarterback is and how much value a quarterback has to an organization. There is so much bad quarterback play in the NFL. Quarterbacks are getting drafted every year. That wouldn't be the case if there was good quarterback play from 1 to 32. So the value that Kyler Murray has may be difficult for fans to see the forest through the trees with. But what Kyler Murray does when he's fully healthy and they've got an operational offense and defense, he's, I mean, he's a, he was a fringe MVP candidate. He was leading the MVP candidacy or top two in 2021. And again, this isn't looking back. That was then. Everything was going perfectly, which is true. All of that is true. But I am still in the camp until proven otherwise. And you know what? It is beneficial for me because I've said this since day one, but now it's actually going to come to fruition. We won't know what Kyler Murray's ceiling is until Cliff Kingsbury is removed. And now Cliff Kingsbury is removed. And even though Jonathan Gannon is a defensive-minded coach, even though Drew Petzik has never been an offensive coordinator, I would take this situation over what the Cardinals have had over the last four seasons in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. I think the third one really got there. Third one was the real effect there. So with him being graded pretty much the 25th best quarterback in the NFL by this tier, 24th, 25th, whatever it is, I just think it's 
I don't really understand why. You want to say he's not in the top 10? Fine. You want to say he's not in the top 13? Arguable. You want to say he's not in the top 20? Give me a break. People forget how special this guy is when he's on the field and healthy. Well, he's never been healthy. He tore, it was a non-contact injury. It's not like he got hit by a linebacker and he didn't get up. It was a non-contact injury. It happens all the time in the NFL now. And players come back from it. But to say that he's like the 24th, 25th best quarterback, it's just, it's just a joke. Watch football. And Will Briggs is one of the smartest in the game. This isn't a direct knock like, oh, Will, he's terrible at what he does. That's not even close. This is an interpretive, you know, tiered system. Mike Sando does the same thing with his quarterback tiers. And Kyler Murray's always just kind of been somewhere in the middle because it's just kind of like when he's great, he's great. But when he's not, it's bad. And when it's not, he's bad part, that's coaching. And that's something that Kyler Murray hasn't had during the first four seasons of his NFL career. And I don't understand why people defend Cliff Kingsbury. Like legitimately, I don't get it. I don't get it. So what we'll see this year, hopefully, is Kyler Murray playing 10 games and polishing some things up. He's been in the lab all offseason rehabbing. And hopefully he can come back and be a guy that can lead this team into the future with perpetual winning more than losing like this organization and fan base desperately needs. Locked on Cardinals, your team every day. Follow me on Twitter, Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked on Easy Cards. Please go like the YouTube channel as well. We're inching our way to 3,000 subscribers. It'd just be fun to hit. LOC3K, baby. Um, the Cardinals do get a favorable nod by the same entity, CBS Sports, regarding their offseason. I'll hit that next as we roll on here on a Friday edition of Locked on Cardinals. This episode of Locked on Cardinals is brought to you by FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your the first bet amount in bonus bets, up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to be the first home run hitter, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly, man. There's there's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. I mean, the interface is great. I love the blue color. I mean, I'm a simple guy. And it allows you to maneuver around the app and the site so seamlessly. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. The Kyler Murray thing is just fascinating. And, and I refuse to, as I mentioned, talk more than sparingly about, is Kyler Murray the quarterback for the future? I just, I think it's lazy. I think it's lazy right now. Because there's no, we don't know. Like, if you want to discuss what it looks like with Kyler Murray for the future, what it looks like without him, that's more constructive. And I may do that before the end of, you know, list season. But I just feel like it's Kyler Murray until it's not. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, everydayers here, Locked on Cardinals, at one point, Jared Goff and and Carson Wentz were looked to be the bell of the ball. Robert Griffin III, Jamarcus Russell. Like, I mean, just because everybody says, Oh, Caleb Williams is going to be a transcendent talent. He's still got a full year of college football to play. 
Watch out for Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler was looked to be a Heisman hopeful, you know, before the start of what was it last year, the season before I can't remember. And then he transferred to South Carolina. He had a great second half of the season. Don't be surprised if he makes his way up until the, the trio towards the top of next season. So much is going to happen. I talked about that with Marvin Harrison Jr. Yesterday, he's still got a full season to prove himself still. You're not giving him the crown 14 games removed, like before the end of his college career. Like it's, there a better chance than not that he'll be that guy. Sure. There's so much that needs to happen between now and then. And I just don't really understand why it's just a foregone conclusion. And then that's fact. It's not, it's lazy. Don't be lazy. I won't be, I implore you not to be. The Arizona Cardinals were given the 12th, 12th best offseason rank by CBS Sports. Okay, this was put out four or five days ago, but I just stumbled upon it, and I'm, I'm happy that I did. Um, and the reason why, most likely, is because they didn't do anything during free agency. The draft, like, I know that there were other teams that, I mean, you know, Philly just walked into Jalen Carter, and, you know, there, there were just other teams that just had a very, very good you know, had a good draft, but they were building upon what they already had on their roster, which was talented. What the Cardinals have done has checked boxes for incredibly rabid need in specific positions, namely cornerback and and uh, and BJ Ojolari playing linebacker, edge, you know, pass rusher, what, whatever scheme that Jonathan Gannon is going to put him in. And even, you know, Paris Johnson Jr., like the offensive line last year was okay. It wasn't, it was by far not the weakest position group on the team. You know, the interior was tough. You know, the center position was brutal. This, I mean, Steve Kime's special. But drafting Paris Johnson Jr. will just elevate DJ Humphreys, Will Hernandez, and, and Kelvin Beecham. Like, that's not close to the weakest position group on the team. And then drafting Michael Wilson to bolster the height value of the wide receiver group coming out of Stanford. I mean, Garrett, like, the draft itself was immaculate. And then all the while, accumulating draft picks for the top three rounds of next season. Like, it was it was a masterclass. It, it, it just was. It was. And this is all, you know, if you want to do the will see, sure. There's a lot that needs to be shown by these players in an effort to solidify the fact that it was a masterclass by Monty Osiford. But what the breath of fresh air is here, it was a stable, rational, functional and hopefully foundation strengthening draft for young players to become stars with the Arizona Cardinals and hopefully maintain their Arizona Cardinalship after their first contract. And the beautiful part about 2023 is they're going to get playing time without pressure on them. There's no pressure for the Cardinals to win this year. And that's a fantastic thing. That's a great ecosystem to build. I've talked about this a lot on this podcast. I'll continue to do it. The win-loss record is not the direct correlative between a successful and non-unsuccessful 2023 season. It's growth. It's fun. It's Jonathan Gannon belonging on the sidelines. It's Kyler Murray rooting his team on until he comes back to play. It's so many more things that are more important than win-loss. And it's not moral victories. That's not what this is. When you can remove yourself from outcome 
and really work on the steps necessary to build a strong foundation, culture, infrastructure. That is a powerful tool to be able to utilize for different purposes in the future, namely winning more games than losing. But what the Cardinals need to focus on the most to really bring their 12th ranked offseason by CBS Sports to fruition is to completely change the history of this team. And so, well, that's impossible. They've been around for 50 years. They're, you know, one of the first teams to ever play, you know, to ever be constructed to play football in the United States. Okay. It's not hard to not be boneheads. It's not hard. Do the right things. Michael Bidwell started this offseason, aside from the skating review and the report card from, you know, past and current players and his mistreatment of employees. I'm taking that aside. It's not, it's very important. But when I'm talking about this specifically, football specific, he's done everything he said he was going to do. Cast a wide net. Bring people in with scouting backgrounds. And let Monty Osifor run the show. Monty Osifor, one for one in what was potentially one of the most pivotal drafts in the history of the Arizona Cardinals organization. So far, so good. And all we're going to need to really see here is putting it into action. Now, with Jonathan Gannon, I don't talk about him a lot, but I did want to kind of circle back and give my thoughts on what I think this coaching staff will look like from a power grid, from just overall intermingling. You'll understand what I mean as I, as I talk about it next. We roll on here and finish up what's been an incredible week here on Locked on Cardinals, your team every day. Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals, thank you for hanging out. Thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen. Please tell your friends. Go like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, man. It takes two seconds. Turn it, Hit a like, leave a comment. If you have questions or you want topics discussed, please feel free to DM me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. I don't do it for follows. My Twitter DMs are open. I would just love to chat. You know, I've got plenty of content, but if you, there's something specific that you want to hear about, especially as we inch closer towards training camp, feel, please feel free to reach out to me and I'll happily highlight um, some topics that people DM me on the pod over the last, over the next couple of weeks. Jonathan Gannon's an interesting character. I've happily, and with a smile on it, smile on my face, called him a weirdo. And, and, and I don't mean it like in the true sense of the, man, that guy's weird. He's a human being. And I think that's refreshing. You see him in the draft room, in the draft room during that clip um, when Monty Osborne was trading the first round pick or the first, the third overall pick. And he's just sitting there just smiling, just like taking it in. This is like a goober. You know, I, I compare him to Mike McDaniel because Mike McDaniel is, he's a funny dude. He's an odd dude. And he's just a wizard. And he 100% belongs at his position. And that's not taking away anything from his acumen and his ability to be a head coach. He's just not Bill Belichick. You know, and it's, it's refreshing. And I think something like that can loosen up a team a lot more than giving them fruit breaks, cell phone breaks. Allowing them to make waffles during, you know, during team meetings. There's a time to be, for lack of a better phrase, silly. And there's a time to be serious. And it's not giving the players what they want 
as the way to be a player's coach. Be a human being, and that makes you a player's coach. And that is a stark contrast between Cliff Kingsbury and Jonathan Gannon. Now, we have no idea if Jonathan Gannon's going to be a good head coach or not. We just don't. We've never seen it. But I feel like his approach is coming from a place of utter comfortability, and that's refreshing. He's not afraid to just be himself. And from a human aspect, who's set to lead a bunch of men not only wanting to keep their jobs, but as rookies trying to, you know, uh, substantiate themselves as, as a pillar for the future for an organization. And like, it's, it's refreshing. It's not normal. And normal is boring. Most of the time, normal doesn't work. And that abnormal, that extraordinary can take on very different faces. Whether it be the wizardry that Bill Belichick has on the defensive side of the ball. Whether it be Andy Reid and his circus-like thought process when drawing up plays to thwart opposing defenses that always seem to work in the most opportune times. What Jonathan Gannon brings is levity. What he brings is just being himself. And this isn't a direct knock at Cliff Kingsbury because, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury was just kind of more rigid. Didn't really give you much. Nice dude. You know, interviewed him a couple times. Nice guy. You know, like this isn't a knock on him as a person. But the last thing you saw from Cliff Kingsbury was any sort of human emotion whatsoever. And I think with Jonathan Gannon coming in and just, you know, being himself, being a weirdo, being a goober, I, I think that it's refreshing. And maybe what the Cardinals need to kind of crack the code to change the trajectory of this organization. And I'm not saying just because Jonathan Gannon says some weird things sometimes is going to be the catalyst to get the Cardinals to where they want to be. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that hiring a guy who was respected by the Eagles organization, who was DC there for a couple of years, say what you want about Eagles fans are probably, I mean, Eagles fans are terrible. <laughs> like, come on. Eagles fans. Like, it's just, oh, take them. He was the reason why Patrick Mahomes is a good quarterback. Stop it. Just stop it. Jonathan Gannon coming in and being himself is refreshing what the Arizona Cardinals absolutely needed. Now, before, you know, I let you go for the weekend, enjoy time with your family, friends, etc. I see this coaching staff being more like a cabinet. And I've talked about this with Jonathan Gannon being the president. Most of these coaches have not coached at the position they're currently coaching at with the Arizona Cardinals. So it's going to be, it's going to take some time, you know, to get the, to get the wheels moving. I think it's going to be a lot of group think, especially with Nick Rowlison and Jonathan Gannon on the defensive side of the ball as the brain trust over there to really kind of solidify the best game plan for the future for the Cardinals. The choose your own adventure part of this has now shifted from Monty Austin Ford, what you want this roster to look like, to Jonathan Gannon, what you want the schemes to look like, especially on the defensive side of the ball. What do you want to leverage most? Buda Baker being here, not being here, is probably going to be a huge catalyst in, in what he does or doesn't do. How quickly the rookies adapt to the speed of the NFL game is going to be a massive component to what he does. But overall, I'm looking at 
the coaching staff, namely the the coordinators, position group coaches, and Jonathan Gannon is kind of this cabinet of people who are going to kind of figure it out together with Jonathan Gannon leading the way. And I think that's a, I think that's a great way to do it because especially as first-time head coaches, first-time OC, first-time DC, there is going to be some things that need to be figured out on the fly and doing it together instead of doing it separately where you're just supposed to know how to do your job. The former has a much better chance of working more quickly and efficiently than the latter. Alex Lindsay, Locked on Cardinals. I'll talk to you on Monday.